What's up, everybody? Jay Miller here, back with another Productivity in Tech podcast. This is the show all about people in tech killing it on a daily, doing the things that, I don't know, they felt like they were called to do or that they just enjoy doing. Uh, that said, I am so excited to talk with my guest for this month. It is someone that I have been following on Twitter for as long as I've been in tech, honestly. And just someone who has been just just doing everything uh, all the way back with Women of Color in Tech Chat. Now she is the co-chair of the Women... Let me make sure I get this right because I'm going to mess it up. <laughs> the <laughs> Women in Security and Privacy organization. And then she is also a security engineering and platform management SMB at Microsoft. Everybody, please give a warm welcome to my internet friend, Christina Marillo. Christina, how are you doing? And Hi. why did it take so long? I got to know. Why did it take so long? I am well, and I don't know. I guess it's life, you know, transitions. We've both been through a lot of like transitions and, you know, constant change. So yeah, but I'm glad we were able to connect finally. So. Absolutely. And I, I just have to say it's been just a wonderful experience getting to see the impact of all the things that you've been doing over the last several years. Like every, every time I jump on Twitter, like if I see a tweet that you're putting out talking about some event that you're helping with, or every time I go on like medium or dev.2 and I see one of the images from women of color in tech chat and they're like miss appropriately like attributed to and i'm just like ah, i'm not gonna say anything that's not my place but at the same time i want to i'm like make sure y'all put the link on there <laughs> but uh but yeah it's 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 just it's become a normal thing in my life to just see you moving and and just all around the tech space yeah those photos have taken a life of their own um uh, and yeah, sorry, I'm getting distracted by the ambulance. This is like the new normal here in New York City now. But anyway, um, the, the, the photos have just taken a life of their own and they're everywhere. Um, you know, initially we wanted attribution because we worked really hard on the project. Uh, after a while, you know, they unsplash and a couple of other uh, big companies kind of got in contact with us to to kind of import the photos or a subset of the photos into their libraries. and. We approved because, you know, obviously the, the goal was representation. And so sometimes there, you know, we get attributions, sometimes we don't. But the cool thing is that most people know that it's us, right? And so um, it's kind of easy to to spot the photos. Um, and they, they everyone looks out, which is really cool. But <laughs> The thing I like most about that is, you know, at, at the day at the daytime job for me i do a lot of marketing so for me it's like i can look at a photo and tell like okay that's a stock photo you probably got that from like shutterstock or you got that from unsplash something like that every time i see like i think the one that i've used the most is 
um, a lady talking on the microphone, mostly because I do like podcasting based stuff. So like, oh, yeah, I'll yeah. Mm-hmm. Always try to I'm throw that out there. Uh, there's a couple like meeting ones that I've, I've used. And then uh, I think there was another one was kind of like a peer, like peer uh, pair programming kind of situation. That, oh, yep. Like those, those are the ones I see so often. And when I do see them, I'm just like, yes, that is awesome. I love that. <laughs> yeah, it was a fun project. Um, I, I think that, you know, the, it, it, it exceeded our, any expectations that I know that I had, I didn't really have much, many expectations. It was more of a, like, um, you know, it was more of something that I, that I wanted to do because I couldn't find photos that represented myself and Stephanie, um, in, you know, like in, in within, I don't know, Unsplash and within, uh, the other Google, like I didn't see any photos that represented me as a security professional, as a technologist, um, and that's, I just grew frustrated with that. Right. And decided to do something about it. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think that the most thing that inspires me about the photos, the photos are great. The collections are great, but I think what inspired, inspires me the most is that one, they're still being used today, um, by huge corporations, but funny enough, and, um, including Microsoft and, um, two, that it inspired the conversation, right? It inspired other individuals to uh to create their own stock photos right um there's a one that recently that was recently launched um this year it was like an lgbt collection uh, from this um this uh this person in 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 uh, san francisco she's based out of san francisco and or they're based out of san francisco and um and you know it, it just inspired other collections that i was kind of very proud and honored to to advise on so it did get the conversation started it made us even more visible not us as in myself and the person who started it uh with me it us as a community right uh it's now kind of a it's normal if you happen to see a presentation with someone of color it's like oh yeah of course of course you know what i mean of course or in the past it was like yeah yeah you don't see much of that so that's what i'm most proud of i guess and and you talk about like in the past, I mean, one of the things that I I keep forgetting is that you've been doing this for, for, I don't want to say so long. Cause I mean, that's, that's messed yeah. up, but like, you've been doing this no, for, a, no. for a hot minute. Like you said, like since yeah. the nineties, right? Oh man. I mean, I think, yeah, it's been since the nineties. I've lost count to be honest with you, but yeah, I mean, I got like my first tech support job at this like technical support call center uh, that back in the day, I don't know, I think this was like, man, I don't want to give my age now, but <laughs> I think this was like 98, 97, 98, something like that. Um, back in the day, that uh, that call center handled all of the technical support for Compaq, HP, and uh, Gateway. I don't know if you're like old enough to remember yeah, those computer definitely. that's i mean <laughs> vendors, one of my first yeah. computers was compact slice so i get that like yes exactly so we did technical support for compact yeah gateway um and hp and and that was i've been around since then and then i just kind of like navigated uh through like tech um and then about 15 16 years ago I just landed in the security role before like security was cool. I, everything for me was about like 
network admin, sysadmin, you know, understanding like the nitty gritty of like what's a cat cable, you know, what's a cat five cable, like what's an RG45 cable, what's the difference between an RG45 and an RG11 cable, what's a patch panel, how do I wire it, how do I rewire it, what's a router, what's a hub, what's the difference, what's plenum, how do I run cables, you know, like it was all about that and, um, and, and more so about physical security, right? And so, like, I never really thought about, like, oh, cyber security. It wasn't really a term that we used back then. Uh, and, but, you know, when I finished school, I um, I came back home to New York City. I lived in Florida. And I came back home to New York City. And I just kind of navigated that same type of jobs, right? Like network admin, uh, sysadmin, junior sysadmin. Then I moved up to sysadmin. And, and then I interviewed for this role that was like an IT security engineer role. I had no clue what this was all about, but I really knew Active Directory really, really well. And I was able to give him like some commands without a computer in front of me. And they were like really impressed. They were like, what do you do? You know, like one of those like hypothesis type of questions. And I answered without the computer in front of me. Um, and they hired me because of that, right? Because I knew, I understood Active Directory. I understood uh, permissions, file structures, folder structures. Like I understood difference between you know ntfs file permissions and like share permissions for example and so that that landed me into security really and i've been kind of navigating the security space ever since that's that's so, awesome yeah. and you're giving me like flashbacks of my old it days I, i'm so glad i'm yeah. out of that role like being a marketer you know is so I much easier it. though <laughs> really i yeah. miss those days i miss the old days i mean I'm, I'm i'm grateful for the new days because we have we've had we've had had like we've had so many new technologies and things that like have made our lives better right in in most cases um but I feel like back in the day it was so much easier, right? I feel like jobs were a dime, dime a dozen. I, I could get a job like so fast. Now, I guess maybe it's because people, there were less people aware. And if you knew your stuff, you like knew your stuff, yeah. you couldn't really fake it. You know what I mean? And it was not about buzzwords. It was actually about doing the thing. Um, you know, of course, as a woman and specifically as a woman of color, like I had to, you know how it is. We have to be like 10 times, we have to work 10 times harder and be 10 times better. Um, so that's what I had to do, right? And so because of that, I think that it was um, easier for me to like get jobs and stuff, but not easier, but just, you know, yeah, kind of, it was easier. Now it's it's more difficult, right? There, there are more challenges, um, even with my experience, but I'm lucky to be someplace where I'm, I'm happy and uh, learning, which is, is the most important, right? There's so much to learn. You'll never know it all in this space. So. I think that's why for me, like kind of the role that I'm in now <laughs> is so fun because it is taking that like programming side that I have all the hobbies and like being able to say, oh yeah, I've ran a podcast for years and things like that. And being able to use that in ways that most people that I talk to on a regular basis online don't. So like for me, like when I'm talking to all like the marketing folks and like that side of business, when people are talking about using HubSpot and MailChimp, I'm like, oh yeah, no, I love their APIs. And like, I can 
you know, have this part of it talk to this part or have, you know, this service go talk to like the MailChimp API or, you know, connect Xavier to stuff. And then people are just like, I don't know what you just said, but it sounds so cool. And it then so whenever cool. <laughs> and then whenever you talk to like the developers and they're like, oh, yeah, I built this app. And I'm like, I have no idea how to to fully plan that whole project out for you but at the same time if you need help promoting it i got you like i can <laughs> i can do that part so it's it's yeah. like my developer friends like me for my marketing skills my marketing friends like me for my developing skills and at the end of the day it's like i just i have business so i'm i'm happy i guess it's a good combination right i think it's all about finding that right combination and taking the you know taking a little bit of everything that you love and making it work for you, right? Um, I think that's why I'm, I always push back on the whole narrative of like, everyone must learn how to do X, right? It's like, yeah, maybe, but like not everyone wants to be a developer, right? Or not everyone wants to be in security. Um, so I think, you know, we push people because I don't know. I don't know why I don't have a reason behind that, but well, I don't know the reason behind that, but I think that we should just let people explore, be curious and right. kind of leverage what they have, their skills, right? You may not, you know, you love some aspects of development and then there's some aspects of, you know, marketing that you love and you combine those skills and you're like, it's powerful, right? So I think it's good to kind of leverage that. That's one of the things you like hit the nail on the head for me is about the ability to explore. Like I, yeah, the thing that I've always learned just, after being diagnosed with, you know, adult ADHD and, and all of those things was being able to take the things that can hold my attention for just a few minutes and like maximize that to its full, to its fullest potential. I can often use that in other areas and like a lot of like data scientists, a lot of just scientists in general now are being asked to go and learn like the basics of Python and things like that, because mm-hmm. it it is kind of slowly moving into areas that aren't traditionally tech centered. And, and right. that's, that's where like this, this focus on having such a diverse group of individuals in the tech space, but also inviting more and more people from different backgrounds and, and letting so everyone important. know they have a seat at the table is so important because I can think in a few years that the next like unicorn companies that are going to get billion dollar valuations and IPO stuff are going to be the people on like the fringes of technology that are basically taking their tech skills and adding it to an industry that hasn't yet joined the party. To solve a problem. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, it's all about solving a problem, right? And, um, and I think that tech, you know, tech is just a tool. Right. It allows us to solve the problem, but it shouldn't be everything shouldn't be necessarily about um, just technology. Right. Like the, the other verticals exist for a reason. Right. Healthcare is something it's like, it, it, you know, healthcare and like finance. You just have to think about how do I merge? How do I meld those things together? Right. How do I use and leverage technology to solve a problem within finance or healthcare? Right. Um I recently did a report for my uh, for one of my grad courses on the Mayo Clinic, and it was fascinating to kind of investigate their backgrounds and how they, you know, um, their emphasis on like healthcare and education and 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 you know being the best in the world and how they leveraged um, design 
and how they incorporated that into their like their processes internally and how they leverage and continue to leverage technology. So it just it, it brought that back up, you know, to top of mind, right? It brought it back top of mind. It was it made me really think about, yeah, it's not it's not everything shouldn't be about being in tech per se, right? Not everyone wants to be in tech, meaning work for a tech, you know, technical company or a a company that creates technical solutions, right? Like a software company, right? Um, but it doesn't mean that you're not going to ever use tech, right? Or that you shouldn't learn tech. Um, but again, we should look at technology as a tool to help us solve problems. The goal is being creative and applying technology, creativity, and your experience in X industry to fill the gap, right? Definitely. And I think, like, for some reason, I, I can't get out of my head this... Like the old saying about like NFL players taking ballet. And I I just wonder like how many, how many like people in like the ballet industry were like, how do I turn this into like a a billion dollar business? Because that's, that's what like tech people always want to think of is like, I have this thing that I'm interested in. How do I turn this into this like billion dollar valuation and get VC money? And, and like, I'm, I'm so tired of that. But at the same time, I would love to see that same idea, like flipped on its head of like, huh, those, those individual dancers that were like, consulting NFL players. I wonder if they turn that into like their own business where they specifically do like ballet for the NFL. If they're like one of like six or seven people that work with all the teams and make like mad money from it because Hey, why not? Why not? I mean, I think that's, you know, that's that's the name of the game, right? You take your passion, what you love to do, what you're good at doing, your passion and see how you can fill a gap, fill a need. And it may be yeah, it may be within the ballet industry. It may not be, right? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that's the cool thing about creativity and business, that it doesn't, there is no, like, recipe. There's no secret recipe. Like, you have to, like, just find find a way. Um, and I think that, like, as far as all the billion-dollar valuations and all that, like, you know, I do have to say one thing. Like, yeah, it's a joke. It, it's kind of, it's getting a little bit, uh well, it, it 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 went through across this period where it was just like things were just ridiculous, like just people were getting crazy investments for like just crazy ideas that really did not solve a need. Um, but then, yet if a person of color had a brilliant idea, they have to like pull teeth just to get one investor, right? So, in that aspect, I find it to be ridiculous. But I do have to give a shout out to all these entrepreneurs. I mean, I think that you know, despite what people say, like, not everyone is an entrepreneur, right? I mean, I don't think, I think everyone should try if that's something that they're passionate about. But if they're not passionate about it, like, never mind. Like, I know for myself that I have a lot of ideas, but I don't necessarily have a strong enough idea that I could pursue it to that extent, right? Um, And I don't think I have that much discipline uh, just with my life and everything like that to, 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 to kind of like push something like that forward, right? Or give up everything for the potential of creating something new. But hey, shout out to these people that are doing the damn thing. You know what I mean? Um, I just really hope that we get more of those valuations, you know, from these Silicon Valley investors uh, to, you know, more of that cash infusion to go to companies of color. 
Absolutely. Founders of color. And I think that that's one of the things that, that I like seeing that, you know, you mentioned like you have ideas and you have kind of these ambitions, but you may not necessarily have the resources or, or like just the time and energy that yeah. would go into being like a, a solopreneur or like a solo founder of, of that thing. But what right. you've been able to do over, you know, the last several years is align yourself with people who are able to help steer that vision. And, and I mean, I, I think that that's, to me, that's just as valuable. I, I have been told time and time again, it is, it is more and more about who you know than what you know. And I don't think that that stops at like just getting a job. That is yeah. When it comes to, you know, getting your business off the ground, you're going to have to know finances. And if you're not an accountant already, you probably want to know an accountant. You might want to know a lawyer. Yeah. You might want to know somebody that even if even if you're going to have to give them money to, to help out, you're at least, you know, not necessarily getting like the hookup. But you know that what you're putting into it, you're also going to get out of it. And I think that's one of the things that's helped my business, you know, at whatever equation of success that it's at but you know it all of my clients at one point i tell people like i had someone ask me they're like why do you still do the podcast after all this long and i was like honestly my podcast has been like the best marketing funnel for my business like every client that i've had to this day i have talked to either about podcasting or on my podcast and it's it's fascinating because at the same it's time, it's your own little marketing arm. <laughs> it's it's not just a marketing arm. It's like the ability to figure out who am I going to align myself with. Like when mm. when someone says, "Hey, I want to start an organization for people of color, and I want to do like photography stuff with it." Who do I need to talk to? I can go. Oh, you need to talk to Christina. Like, let me hold on. Let me let me DM someone for you. Or mm. hey, you know, I want to start an online you know, community for people of color. Okay, you need to talk to Saran. Like, I can I can then pull up names because I'm not going to be able to help those people. But yet I know right. people in the industry that I can say, hey, let me you send somebody to. in your way. That way you can help them and it may even provide, you know, profitable for you so that down the road when someone goes, hey, I need a marketer or, hey, I need somebody to edit my podcast or, or edit some videos or something, they'll go. They know oh, where to go to. Exactly. So like, to, yeah. me, to me, like, what you've been able to do by creating this community, and kind of bringing all of these people around the space to your attention, like, there are people I wouldn't have met online had it not been for women of color in tech chat. Like that was a conversation starter for me for so many people. Uh, people that even lived in like San Diego, like where I live, where I'm able to actually wow. sit down and like have one-on-one, -on -one, you know, conversations with them. So it's like the amount of work that you have put in, even though it may not be billion dollar valuation VC money yeah. work, it has still impacted me personally, but also like so many other people out there. And that's what matters. It ma that matters, you know, even if I'm able to impact one person, that that to me is humbling um and i guess i never really stopped to think about it because it's you know we we're always like going 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 right but i think to your point i think the the way that i look at it is it's all about creating and cultivating strong relationships right whether you are creating digital ones 
uh, or in real life ones, right? Face-to-face ones. And I think that part of that for me is just all about being authentic, right? As authentic as I can be. Um, when it comes to like digital, right? Because I can't always say things the way that I really see them online, but if we meet in person, you know, we could have a honest discussion. But but I, I try to as as much as I can be as authentic as possible. Um so like so that people know that what you see is what you get, right? Whether online or offline, I am the same person. And so it's really humbling to me when like you know, if I'm outside somewhere or at an event or someone and someone recognizes me, I'm not really like show-offy. Like I'm super humble. I'm just, you know, I always say like, <laughs> excuse me, I always say like I'm just a regular schmegular girl from New York City, right? And um, that's really how I see myself. I don't see myself as like this unicorn or or special at all. I just see myself as someone who, you know, has always wanted to excel. I'm ambitious. You know, I've always wanted a career. Uh, then I had a family and I continued to want my career to to progress. Um, but, in you know, w- with having a family, I also wanted, I needed to take care of my family, first of all. And then I also wanted to inspire my children, right? To like see what it takes um, for what it will take for them, first of all. Uh, hopefully not as much, but, you know, that hard work, is important and that you know that I'm going to expect the same from them right so again I just I just feel like it's really all about relationships and I think that um I am not really strategic when it comes to that I don't say oh I'm going to become friends with so-and-so because they're famous right I really just meet people and I really if I like your vibe and you know I don't mind having a conversation getting to know each other and, you know, if we can help each other, so be it. If we can't, so be it. It's not really about that for me. Like, I met Saran when she was starting Code Newbie and, you know, helped out with Code Newbie for a while and all that. And it, was, it wasn't really about, like, getting something in return. It was more about I loved what she was doing and, you know, I just wanted to support, right? And that, that evolved into, like, a great relationship and, you know, we're friends to this day. But that's how I've always looked at things. And I continue to look at things. I look at, I just look at cultivating strong relationships and being, you know, being vocal, being honest, um, and just being myself. And I guess people like that. I guess it's worked out. (laughs) I personally think it has. And, you know, you mentioned not just cultivating those relationships for the existing but also for the for the future generation like i have i've interviewed a few people and saran is probably one of my most memorable because in reality Mm -hmm. she put me to task like i think the she was one of the first i think she's like the 13th or 14th person that i'd interviewed on the show like years and years ago and she was like how come you interviewed all these white dudes and I'm just like, mm. uh, you know, I'm just trying to get off the road. Just like, no, 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 no. You have to do better than that. And it's like, but I'm trying. She's like, no, you need to try harder. Like, it's that's the way that it works. Is like, you know how hard it is to to get into this industry. If you don't try harder, what makes you think that the people underneath you are going to try harder? And like, now when I look at that, I'm like, I, I've got a daughter. Like, I have to look at it from 
I still want to have great conversations with people. And while I'm not going to make this like a people of color in tech podcast, I am going to do my best to make sure that there is equal representation across the board uh, for my guests now. And if it comes down to like, well, what if you can't find those people? I was like, well, then I need to either try harder or I need to shut things down because there's something obviously going on that's wrong. And since then, there has been like an unapologetic approach to, I enjoy someone that's a person of color doing something that I like, I am fascinated by come hell or high water, I'm going to get them on the show. If it takes me four years, like with a certain Christina Murillo, like mm, I'm just going to. Has it been that long? Oh my goodness. I don't, I don't know how long it's been. I don't think it's been four <laughs> years. It's probably been a good three though. Uh, but <laughs> I, I'm going to make sure that when that person is available, I make myself <clears throat> available. Like I think last year was the first year we did an interview with uh Myra Benjamin, and she's doing this awesome thing out in in Oakland for, uh, it's called the Tech Intersections Group, which is for women of color and underrepresented areas across the the Bay Area. And I was just like, look, I don't got no money, but what I can do is this. Mm -hmm. Anybody that signs up for our premium membership, I will buy a ticket using that money for someone else to go to your conference. Because to me, it's that it's that important and like doing things like that, helping, you know, like Django girls and helping anything that I can help that it's not my place to be the face of. Let me still make sure that I'm doing my part to help see them grow. Right. Yeah, it's all about giving back and not expecting anything in return. Absolutely. And and that said, I mean, you've you've done a lot. Tell me about tell me about this new women in security and privacy. Is it is it new? Because it's it's new. Mm-hmm. It feels new for me. It's a, I've yeah. always been caught up on the Microsoft and women of color and tech chat side. So I want to hear about oh. about this other side of Christina. Yeah, yeah. So basically, um, women in security and privacy is an organization that was, I believe, they were founded in in either Dublin or San Francisco, I believe it was San Francisco, but their first chapter, their first main chapter uh, is based out of San Francisco. And, you know, um, the goal is really to get more women into security and privacy uh, careers, right? And we do that by um, networking events, educating, training events, right? So the San Francisco chapter, they've been around forever and they, they always have like, they always collaborate with like different organizations like Splunk and other organizations um, in the Valley to like hold these training sessions, right? Just to like help women and non-binary folks just get educated and, and, and network with other folks in the industry just to create more opportunities. So I thought that was a great organization and they, they didn't really have a chapter in New York City. So I reached out to them a few years ago to ask if they would be open to launching a chapter in New York City. And if so, you know, that I would love to help and be a part of it. And so they asked me if I would like to start the chapter. And of course I said, yes. And um, we went, you know, I went through like this interview process and had to write a report and all this. It was crazy. Uh, this is volunteer, by the way, but it was, it was worth it. And um, they ended up, because of New York City being such a large, like large area, they ended up uh, fitting it into two kind of, 
uh, co-head. So the position was um, was initially supposed to be like a volunteer, you know, chapter lead. And what they did, they said, well, since you're like on the security side, we thought it would be cool if we also get a co-lead that's on the privacy side, which was amazing because my co-lead, Rachel, and I, we just have so much fun, right? Um, she's Australian, very cute. She's just like amazing. And, you know, we've had a great time. It's been a struggle. It's been a little bit hard just because of this COVID and all that stuff and just our lives, right? Like she, you know, had a child and I was, you know, uh, birthing a new job at the time, but we made it work. And really our goal for the New York City chapter is just that, right? Is to bring more folks into the space um, you know, have people, give people the opportunity to meet other people in the space to ask questions, right? Uh, you know, a lot of times people want to pivot. They may be in privacy, they want to go into security or they want to pivot with even within security. Um, so it's really just creating space, right? And it's because I'm I'm the chapter co-lead, it's not like I own the, the organization. So it gives me that room, right? I don't have to worry about all the other stuff. I just have to worry about creating events and you know seeing how we can best serve this community right um as opposed to like being responsible for an entire organization which is difficult oh i I can (laughs) i can only imagine (laughs) that's that's awesome though but so like just the the fact that you you saw this thing happening across the country and you were like how come we don't have that here like that was is that is that something that you've you've seen more and more of? Because I mean, you're you're in New York. That's like to me. If I think of like, okay, if if there is this event, I know it, there's probably going to be one in New York, and there's probably going to be one in the Bay Area if it's tech related. Yeah. So like, yeah. How often do you see that where it's like, man, I'm I'm gonna have to like spin this thing up myself if I want to if I want to get it, you know, going in this area. I mean, I think in life, you're always going to have to think of things that way. Um, I mean, I think that was the catalyst for, not I think, I know, that was that was basically the catalyst for the women of color in tech chat, like the stock photos, right? Like those stock photos were born because of the fact that they didn't exist. And I ran into this problem and I said, well, what am I going to do about it? I'm going to sit here and complain and tweet about it, right? What am I going to do? to fix this or to drive some kind of resolution. And my answer was, all right, I don't know how to take pictures, but I have a friend who's also in tech, who's a fantastic photographer. Let me pitch him the idea. Let me pitch a couple of companies, see if they want to support and to support my idea. And that's exactly what I did. And that's how the photos were born, right? So I think that that's part of it. If you see something that doesn't exist, you go and create it. I mean, if you if you're able, right, or you get people together to help you create it, or you know, or you saw the idea. I don't know, but I think I think that's like how I think. Um, when I was looking for ways to give back, I was like, God, I would love to really give back, like be intentional about this. Like, you know, I'm in the security space. I I want to. I want to learn and grow, continue to learn and grow. And I, I would love to do it with other people as well. So selfishly, it was for me as well, right? Like I wanted to be part of a space and a community that really didn't exist in New York City. And I had to figure out a way to, you know, either A, create it or B, align myself with a community that existed somewhere else 
that, you know, could then, um, you know, just kind of like facilitate some of the resources and just some of the playbooks so that we can kind of use that model to, uh, to do the same in New York City. And in New York, I mean, there are a lot of companies. There are, there are a lot of meetups. There's a lot of everything, but sometimes it's really difficult to find, you know? Yeah. I feel like most of the organizations related to this work, uh, at least the main ones, are in Silicon Valley. I, I feel like the, the way that I always see it now is that when when there's nothing in your area, when it's completely starved, you just want something. But then when there's, when there's something, it's like, okay, this is good. We've got something. Now I want something a little bit more focused. And I think that's, that's the thing is that you can always drill it down. You can always drill it down. And I love that you pointed out like, you know, right now everybody's battling the either you've got too much time on your hands or you need to take care of yourself. You know, that those battling arguments during COVID-19 and all that, but whether you have the time and the energy to do it, or you don't have the time and energy to do it, but you might have resources available to you that other people may not have. You might have knowledge, even if it's, you know, like what we've been talking about all night, it's not necessarily the technical knowledge sometimes it's the people knowledge sometimes it's the adjacent knowledge of like hey i don't know how to program but i know how to take photos or hey i, I don't know right. how to program but i know how to send tweets like i can i can do a little thing that's gonna not take me a lot of of you know focus or energy i don't have to worry about coming up with a budget i don't have to worry about coming up with a code of conduct i don't have to worry about coming up with all those other things on the side i can just do my little part to help see the thing that i want to see come to life exactly and it's not necessarily that like you don't want to do all that it's that maybe you know you're at a point in your life where you don't necessarily have the bandwidth to right um so you know you just you work with what you have while you figure the rest out i guess you know what I mean? So that's kind of what I what I did and what I've always done. I just figured, hey, like I don't really have the bandwidth to create something from scratch. Um, it was a couple of years after the Women of Color in Tech Chat. So with the Women of Color in Tech Chat, uh, my co-founder and I, Stephanie, we, you know, we, after the photos and we, we did a couple of other events and, and things uh, before the photos, actually. Um, but, and even after, uh, but then, you know, we decided that we were both in different places in our careers and we wanted to kind of focus on career. I wanted to also focus on my family and we wanted to be very intentional about from a career perspective <clears throat> where we were <clears throat> going to be in the next, you know, I don't know, three to five years. So we felt that we couldn't really dedicate the time needed to focus on women of color in tech chat. So we just basically like shut the kind of, you know, shut the doors and said, hey, We'll let the photos live on forever so that people can continue to use them. So, you know, I continue to like pay for the site and all that. Um, so we'll make them available and accessible, but we're no longer going to contribute or like resource this, right? And we're going to focus on other things. So I think after 
focusing on a couple of things for a couple of years, I just got like restless. I was like, I need to like, I just really wanted to like contribute and give back and share experience, knowledge and, and all that. And so that's when I kind of started on my journey to see, hey, where can I volunteer, right? Are there any um, organizations that align with what I believe in, right? Like getting more women in security, getting more people of color in security um, and privacy. And so I found women of women in security and privacy. So I found a couple of organizations, but that was the one that I found that was really active and uh, they were looking to grow the New York City or at least grow their chapters. So New York City was a potential chapter. They weren't sure about it yet, but you know, they got they were convinced after. Um, and so I feel like I felt like everything aligned and then I just you know, the rest of the history, pretty much. I love it. And I think that that, to me, is, is it leads us to probably the hardest part of these conversations. And that's, that's kind of wrapping it up and leaving the, the listener with something to, to think about. So the million dollar question that I have for you is, what do you think needs to be addressed in the tech space now and who do you think is best suitable to address it i feel like that's a laundry list there isn't like one thing (laughs) and one person really i mean i think that there's so many things that need to be addressed and you know we could be here for like 24 hours just talking about all that but i think that it would it wouldn't help us move forward right um And I think the one thing that I would say is, you know, I think being aware of the negatives and the obstacles, uh, we shouldn't really focus all of our energies on that because it it doesn't really help us navigate a clear path. Um, I think that one of the things that we should focus on that I feel like also needs to be addressed is how do we make it more accessible, right? How do we make it so that folks from underrepresented communities, neighborhoods um, are able to, to, you know, get educated and to also contribute, right? Contribute to the ecosystem. Um, so how do we make it more accessible to, to folks like that, right? And not make it an inclusivity, uh, an exclusive, exclusivity party, right? Make it more inclusive uh, without being, without things being all about like diversity and inclusion, right? Like it, it just, I think it just, that's important, but I think it's, it, it's about more than that. And I think that one of the ways, I don't know, there's one specific person that can take ownership or responsibility. I think that that's the problem with our communities. We're always looking for like one Messiah. And I think that we need to stop doing that, right? We need to take it, take initiative, take ownership of things and go out and either build it, do it, investigate it, contribute, right? And I think that we all need to give back Right. Like we need to extend that arm, extend the hand and give back whether it is, you know, even if it takes three years to be on Jay's podcast. Right. Like I think that's important to me, you know, and so I think doing that and being accessible, regardless of how high or how low you go, like just being accessible and giving back, even if you have, I think you always have something to give, even if you don't, if you don't have money, you can always give time, you can always give 
an ear. You can always give, you know, your expertise, your experience, you know, advice. Um, so I think that's one of the things that we need to address uh, and make it less about, you know, um, each person respectively, right? About what can I do to shine brighter? Like, it's not really about me. It's about inspiring the next generation. So I think if you look at it with that, you know, from that lens, things start to be kind of, they start to get into perspective as opposed to, you know, how can I be a superstar? How can I be famous Um, without thinking about other people that are also uh, deserving and that also belong, right? So. Uh, To me, that's like the perfect answer. Like, like you said, I've, I find, I find that we have so many diversity and inclusivity, like conversations in the tech space. And I feel like it's so important to have those, but I also feel like it's super important to showcase those people of color, those people from underrepresented groups doing what they're getting paid to do. Like you don't, you don't want to bring a person yeah. of color on just to have that diversity conversation. You want to bring them on to talk about the things that they're doing and to normalize that process so that it can be accessible. Like if I don't, I don't want to bring on like Jay-Z yes. to talk about what's it like to be a black entrepreneur. Like I want to talk to Jay-Z about what's it like to be an entrepreneur. Like that's to me, that's the more valuable conversation. Exactly. I mean, I think it's important to have these conversations regardless, but I think that it's just becoming repetitive. And I, I feel like I would rather see more folks who look like me in, you know, um, executive positions in power positions, like talk to me about how, how I get there. Talk to me about that sponsorship, right? Um, let's talk less about the diversity and inclusion. Although I think that a lot of these companies, they do need to have these conversations because if you don't have the conversations, like nothing will ever get done, right? I mean, as you can see, you know, people lie, numbers don't lie. And every year you look at these reports and numbers don't lie, you know what I mean? So um, I think it's about less talk and more action, but that's just my opinion. Well, if I ever decide to start a security podcast, I know who my first guest is going to be. <laughs> Unfortunately, that is an industry that I would be more of a liability than an asset. So, uh, if that that said, well, if, if I ever get if I ever get inspired to create a podcast, I'll definitely ring you up so you can give me some tips and tricks. Absolutely, and and it's a lot of work, though. It's a lot oh, of work. <laughs> I mean, I'm just glad that you recognize that because no, yes. That is the conversation I've had with so many people, especially nowadays, where they're like, oh, yeah, I want to I want to do a live stream or I want to do like a podcast. I'm like, there are so many little things that you will not think about until the last minute. And at that point, it's going to be too late. So, you know what, though? But I think it's, I, I I would still encourage people to do it because I think that a lot of times perfection kills you know, mm-hmm. like this concept or idea of perfection will kill your dreams, right? Like just having that self-doubt. And I think that if I were less focused on, oh my God, it has to be perfect or it has to be close to perfect, I would have done more, right? Like I would have had a podcast five years ago. I would have done more. Um, but um, this this woman, this young woman uh, that I follow online, she always says like, done is better than perfect. And I, when I saw that, I'm like, wow, I 
I wholeheartedly agree, right? Like get it out there, do it, right? Don't, you may not have all your I's dotted and all your T's crossed, but along the way you will learn things and you will iterate, right? And you'll have a V2, V3, V4, and it'll be better and stronger and faster. Um, my whole thing is that I've always seen how Saran does it. And I'm like, oh no, that's, she's perfect. You know what I mean? And oh, I'm like, oh yeah. no. But um, again, everyone has their own story. So it's just, and their own path. So, and you know, doesn't, I, I, I would never discourage anyone um, from doing it. So do it, even if you're just on like, what is the anchor? Mm-hmm. And you just have a microphone, like just get it done, do it, put yourself out there. But yeah. The the thing that I often tell people is don't don't expect perfection. Like even right. I mean, I've I've been doing this for years, and I put out an episode of another podcast yesterday that had a glaring issue with it that I had to like recall, fix, and then republish. Like you're going to make mistakes; they're going to happen. Yeah. And the more and more that you're okay with that, and just knowing like it's not the end of the world. Like if you don't get ten thousand people listening on day one, it's not the end of the world. That's actually a blessing because that means you can look at what you're doing refine it and make it better over time like i feel so bad for the people who get put in these positions where it's like now all of a sudden they are right out the gate just the the number one influencer in this industry and they have no idea what they're doing and it's like it's a lawsuit waiting to happen it's yeah some type of conversation that shouldn't have had been said you know things that shouldn't have been said wind up getting said and it's like that stuff dies so quick but when you have that stuff that's refined by just time and just just working at it honestly it's it's a blessing and and to me numbers are overrated so I think the more and more you chase a certain thing instead of just the idea of I want to spread a message and tell however many people that choose to listen to listen yeah that's that's because there's a passion Yeah, because you want to do it. I saw this interesting tweet. I think it was today, this morning. And the gentleman said, like, if it took 100 times longer, would you still want to do it? And if the answer is no, don't do it, right? So I think it's one of those things that, yeah, if you're chasing, um, in the context of of this, if you're chasing something like a podcast, right? Chasing numbers, then mm, that's going to be tough, right? You should just do it because you want to put out great content right not about it's not about the numbers that will come with time um but yeah i mean i think i think with the numbers i know just just to just to clarify like with the numbers comment i made earlier it's not necessarily about things like this like those types of metrics it was more about you know just like the whole diversity and inclusion metrics right but yeah to your point i think that with when you're putting out content it's not necessarily about chasing numbers or even like on social media chasing followers it's more about quality versus quantity Absolutely. And I, I I can't remember the the author, but it was like 1000 true fans or something like that. But like the the thing that I have learned is as I've decreased the amount of of people that I actively follow, the more value I get from those people. Yes. And yes, it kind of like the opposite also applies of like, I I think I sent out a DM to those or I sent out a tweet that was just like, I honestly wish I didn't have to invite people on a podcast just to have conversations with them. And it's like, I, I know that what that was, that was me kind of saying, like, there are so many people out there that I, I feel like I have to have an excuse to just talk to them mm. instead of just having what? a real conversation yeah. with them. 
Yeah, I mean, I think, yeah, you should definitely don't, you know, try to not look at it that way. Try to look at it as like, hey, I just, I think this person is really cool and I really would love to have a conversation with them. And, you know, with their approval, right? Like, share the conversation with with the uh, my listeners, right? Because I think it's very valuable and these folks have a lot to share, right? So I think if you look at it that way, I think that it, it helps uh, because that's just the world we live in today, right? Especially with all what's, with everything that's going on, it's harder to like be out and about meeting people. So this is a good way to scale your friendships. (laughs) I like it. Friendships as a service. It's good. Yeah. Friendships (laughs) as a service. (laughs) Fast. Oh man. Well, that said, I have enjoyed this conversation and I am sad that it took so long to make it happen. But it's I, okay, but it happened. That's what counts. It happened. And, and I promise right? that I will make sure that it doesn't take another three years to get you on. We can always again. chat. It doesn't have to be a podcast. We can always chat. <laughs> Absolutely. And and we, we've chat before. People online are just like, they never talk to each other. Like, no, we, we talk oh, on Twitter no, all the chatted. time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But I've I really enjoyed this conversation. So and good. thanks. But, thanks for having me. I really enjoyed it as well. It's always nice to, you know, have a great conversation with an intelligent person out here. You know what I mean? So <laughs> And we met on Twitter. So there are intelligent people on Twitter. Like who, who Oh my what? gosh, of course. I always look at the the glass, you know, half full. So oh, try man. to keep a try to keep a positive impression. Well, take a second, let everybody know that if how they can get in touch with you if they want to uh, reach out more about women of color in tech chat or uh, women in security and privacy or just anything going on, you know, with Christina Marilla. Of course. Yeah, of course. So you can always find me on Twitter. I'm at Divine Techie Girl. So Techie with a Y. Uh, that's me. And I guess that's that would be the best starting point. And everything else kind of branches off from there. My website information is there everything else is there you can find me on linkedin um and yeah i'm out here so tweet me just be nice (laughs) that i I think that that goes for everyone that wants to get in touch with christina or myself just just be nice if you're rude be nice i'm I'm just gonna block you so yeah i'm not i'm not gonna engage (laughs) ain't nobody got time for that (laughs) exactly All right, everyone. Well, this has been a great conversation with Christina Murillo. Um, Again, she's a security engineering and platform management SMB at Microsoft. She's also the co-founder of Women of Color in Tech Chat, and she is the co-chair for Women in Security and Privacy uh, for the New York chapter. And all around amazing person. Uh, But that's going to do it for this month's conversation. Um, I have been your host, Jay Miller. I am the founder of Productivity in Tech, which is a business all about helping developers and people in tech achieve their goals in business or in entertainment by helping them be a little bit more productive. And if you have any inquiries about how I can do that for you or your product or business, you can email me at info at productivityintech.com. Don't worry about rating and reviewing. This is all for you. I really don't care how many people are listening. As long as when you do listen, you actually listen and not just hear it. Uh, But if you want to get in touch with me, you can on Twitter at KJAY Miller. And for myself and Christina, this has been Productivity in Tech. And I hope for at least a little bit, we've been productive. Have a good rest of your day.